Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both with others as we talk about keys to abundant living. So if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as I continue talking about feeling overlooked, being overlooked. But are we really? Not anymore, the Lord says. It felt like that to you, but it wasn't what I was doing. And that's powerful. And if you didn't listen to part one, go back and listen to part one of this because I used two mighty men of God that were seemingly overlooked, but really they were hedged in. And last week I really focused on Elijah and being at the brook and being pushed out of that place and his obedience in it and how the widow was waiting on him and her obedience in it and how that strengthened and encouraged him for even further what God had for him further down the road with going back to Ahab, who he was very afraid of. So please, it's really important. Go back and look at Overlooked Part 1 as we dive into Overlooked Part 2. God will keep you where he needs you to be for your protection. And when it's time to get up and go, he either pushes us out or he calls us out. And last week, I focused on the portion of being pushed out, which is what happened to Elijah at the brook. And that's all in First uh, Kings 17. So please go back and listen to that podcast because we're really in this season and it's vital for us to see the circumstances we find ourselves in for what they really are. A lot of times God will bring us to a place, which he did to Elijah, where you become desperate in that place for change. The situation becomes desperate, but it will only change when we, like Elijah, get up and move. We seek the Lord, always seek the Lord first. We hear the word of the Lord, and then we act on it. We have to do something different than what we're doing. And sometimes it's not even that big. I mean, Elijah just got up and started walking to where God told him to walk to. And it led to supernatural miracles. It led to life instead of death. Powerful stuff took place. But I want to turn our attention today to David, right? The least likely. Definitely a feeling of being overlooked. But truthfully, it was all about the preparation. So David's out in the field, right? He's tending to sheep. Saul has messed up for the last time. Saul was in disobedience direct disobedience to God, even though he was in position. And so last week we talked about the obedience of Elijah and the obedience of the widow. Others' disobedience can also provide for us a door that opens for God's purposes to be birthed out, the very thing he's been preparing us for. And this is what happens with David. It's because of Saul's disobedience that the prophet Samuel goes to Jesse's household on the direction of the Lord, and he's looking for a new king. And this is so amazing to me. It's so powerful all that takes place here. I mean, God's going to use who God's going to use. And if it's you, it's going to be you. He's going to have his purpose flow through you. And we just have to trust 
in that time of frustration, in that time of feeling like we are overlooked, we just have to trust that it's not, it's, we're not being passed over, right? We're not being disrespected. We're being refined for that very thing that God has for us. And it's up to us to protect our heart in those situations. I mean, David was in the right place, but his worth was not taken into consideration. But God came along and said, I see the worth and I say, you are the one to be king. Way out of line. Like he was the youngest. He never should have been in line for that. God raises people up for purpose. He raises you up for a specific purpose or even purposes. I don't want to say you just have one purpose. David did many things, right? And so it doesn't matter who man thinks should fulfill a purpose. God determines who's going to fulfill a purpose. Man has not controlled your destiny. God has controlled your destiny. Man has not chosen to overlook you. God has allowed that to happen, to continue to refine you, to be in the place in your heart where you're ready to be truly used in the true purpose God has for you. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, kind of setting it all up, God tells Samuel, it's time, right? Fill your horn with oil. I'm sending you to Jesse. I've provided for myself a king among his sons. I've already worked this out, Samuel. I just need you to go call it out. So Samuel obeys and he goes to Jesse's house, basically, And Jesse knows he's coming. And this is a huge deal back then for a prophet to come to your house, the man of God to come to your house. Like he's going, Jesse's going to throw a party. He's going to have a feast. The man of God is coming to his house. And so Samuel obeys and he goes to Bethlehem. And I mean, the elders are trembling at the man of God showing up. (laughs) That's kind of definitely gotten lost. A man of God, a woman of God show up there's, There's not even reverence sometimes for that in today's day. But there's trembling here. Have you come peaceably? Like, what are you coming to tell us from the Lord? So, of course, yes, I've come peacefully. Um, The Lord sent me and Jesse and all his sons get called to the sacrifice that's been prepared, right? And really, Jesse's getting getting ready to... Uh, a point who he thinks and all the sons that are getting prepared for the party, right? They're they're, they're self-appointing. They think, oh, surely I'm the one. Uh, This is for me. This is for me. And God already, right? Remember he told Samuel, I have already provided for myself a king among the sons. And I just love this when they stop marching in. They come in, he looks on Eliab, who's the eldest. And even Samuel, the man of God, All of us have done this. We look upon appearance. We don't know the heart, right? And we judge on that first impression. And we're ready to elevate and promote on a moment when the heart of that person is so off, so far from what God needs in that situation, we all missed it. And the one, the heart that God really had was over there laboring and doing the work and in the field and nobody even noticed them. That's what's going on here, even with Samuel. And he says, surely the Lord's anointed. He's thinking, surely this is the one. I mean, I just picture him as like a tall, dark, handsome guy, right? Just like, you know, your Hollywood celebrity looking guy, whatever that 
is in your mind, picture that. That's who's standing before Samuel. He looks impressive. So Samuel's even caught up in that, like we all get. And he's saying, surely this is the one. God has to be new king. No, his heart was probably more messed up than Saul's. And and the Lord speaks to Samuel and he says, no, no, look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature. Remember, I said he was impressive. For I have rejected him. Doesn't matter how things look. It doesn't matter what that person's doing over there. If God has rejected them for the position he has for you, he has that position for you. You just need your only portion is to be in obedience, step when he says step, go when he says go, and do what he says to do. So God goes on to tell him, for the Lord sees not as man. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So Jesse goes and calls in all of his sons. I just love this. I love this. Nope, not this one. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. Nope, not this one. I mean, they're all passing by Samuel. Nope, Lord hasn't chose him either. Seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Jesse is not even thinking about David. Like he's not even giving David the slightest consideration. Hit David... <laughs> I mean, can you think about this for a minute? David's own father doesn't possibly think that his son could possibly be the one that Samuel has come to anoint to be king. Doesn't even give slight consideration to David. Now, that's what I call being overlooked. But God will not allow it. And he uses Samuel to call it out. I mean, all, all seven that were, that were there that Jesse thought were worthy, they've all gone before Samuel. And Samuel's a little confused at this point, truthfully. He's like, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. And I love this. Then he says to Jesse, Are all, he knows. This is one thing Samuel knows. He knows God told him to go to the house of Jesse. He knows God told him, I have already chosen one of Jesse's sons to be the next king. And he stands firm in that. And then he goes and says, are these all your sons? Like he's so firm in what the Lord told him that he's really thinking something's missing here. Are are these, is this it? (laughs) You know, and Jesse, you know, kind of, if we put it in today's language, he's like, well, well, there is one more, but I can't imagine it's him. I mean, he's the littlest. He's the runt of the litter. He's out working the field. There's yet the youngest. He's tending the sheep. And I mean, this is almost offensive if you study it out what Samuel does. Like Jesse's going to, he knows Jesse's going to go get that son because they're not going to eat until that son comes in. And for Jesse, it would have been humiliating If Samuel the prophet, the man of God, had come to his house and not eaten his food, it would have been humiliating and the whole town would have been talking about it. And Samuel knows this. So he says, we will not sit down to eat until he is here. So powerful. I mean, David is the least of the least in this situation. He's the baby brother, but he's being prepared to serve. He's in his time of preparation. And God calls him out. I mean, David's in the right lineage. He's in the right house. But his family didn't even consider his worth. His own family didn't even say, wow, now I see it. Oh, that must be David. And his father only presented the sons that he thought was ready. 
leaving David in the field as an afterthought. That's powerful. When God says, God says. God is prepared and God picks it out. And he says, this one's anointed for this task at hand. And when he says it's you and he says it's time, no overlooking, no overlooking is going to stop it. Like I've been saying since the beginning of the year, Isaiah 22, 22. The door God says is open to you, no man can close. The door God closes to you, no man can open. It can't happen as long as you're in obedience to the voice of the Lord. And even though you may feel overlooked, even though others have not considered you, even though others have not respected you, even though others have not maybe elevated you that should have, they didn't call you in from the field when they should have. Maybe somebody very close to you, a mentor, a spiritual parent, uh, an actual parent, but God will redirect and God will reorganize to get you to the proper place at the proper time, the position that he has for you for the promises of God to be fulfilled in your life. So let's wrap this up. I just love this. You keep working on your God-given assignment. And when God dries up the brook, you get to your new place. And when God brings you in from the field, you come in from the field. And then you do whatever it is you need to do to continue to be prepared for that anointed position that he has for you. God will always be sure you're prepared before you're in your place. And then he places you in your proper place for the promises to be fulfilled in your life and the people that God is going to have you bring back to life. So Jesse brings David in. And as soon as David basically gets before Jesse, like the Lord says to Samuel, arise, anoint him, this is he. This is the one. I mean, can you just imagine the faces on everybody else around them? They must have been shocked. But God had the one that kept his heart in the right place and was obedient to the Lord, not self-appointing, but waiting upon the Lord, trusting in the Lord in all things, no matter how bad things looked, he was the one. And Samuel takes the horn, of course, and anoints David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Powerful. He may, he may anoint you in the midst of all your naysayers. He may let them see what he's doing with you when he puts you in that proper place. He may not. I don't know. But the point is, feeling like we're overlooked is just that, a feeling. And we have to remember that. And we have to put our heart towards God. We have to guard our heart when we're feeling like we're overlooked. And trust that in the season that God says, which I believe is now, God is going to shine his light of glory upon each of us and cause us to stand out where we weren't even noticed before. Cause us, as the word says, to have favor with both God and man. As long as we do what? As long as we bind mercy and truth around our neck, as long as we keep our hearts guarded, God says no more. You've rendered your heart to me. You've kept your ear to the voice of what I've said, my whispers, you've been obedient even when you did not want to be obedient. And now's the time for you to be placed in the proper place 
in that position that I have for you to do what I need you to do, that miracle through you. Don't miss this. While David was out in the field, while David was doing all the work, the anointing was hunting for him. The anointing was seeking after him. His position was hunting him down and he didn't even know it in the middle of being overlooked. And David's heart was in the right place. God said that about him. God said that he was a man after his own heart. So I just want to encourage you, don't allow your present situation, your present position, discount your future calling by not guarding your heart. Wherever you are today, that anointing's hunting for you. It's looking for you. It's waiting for you to be fully prepared. It's waiting for you to have that heart after God and nothing else. David's heart reached God and even was a reflection of God. He always, he wasn't perfect. We know that if we study out his life, he made many mistakes, but he had that heart after God. And when our heart is after God, he will pull us out of the most random places and place us into the most random places to walk in the power and authority that he ordained since even before the beginning of time for us to carry. Trust God that he will anoint you and he will appoint you in his season. No matter where you are today, no matter what it feels like today, God's eyes are searching in the field for you. They're searching for that heart that reflects his heart, keeping our heart pure, clean hands and a pure heart before him, faithfully working, faithfully serving, even in lousy situations. What's that doing? That's building our character. We have to make sure our character reflects the character of God. And God can call us out of that miserable, lousy field, brook of starvation, place of fear, into our seat of authority and anointing at any moment. I want to end with this scripture verse, and it's in 2 Chronicles 16, 9. And it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. They run to and fro, one of the translations says. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. That's powerful. Let's keep our hearts blameless toward him in our season, in our place of feeling overlooked, where we're really maybe being um, processed, perfected, and hedged in, and rejuvenated even, right? And being fed spiritually as we seek and pursue him. God always has a plan for us. And we're gonna talk about that more next week. What's God's plan for us? (music) 